Now, today's reading, we're in Luke chapter 3 and verse 23 to the end of the chapter. Jesus, when he began his ministry, was about 30 years of age, being the son, as was supposed, of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Matat, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Janai, the son of Joseph, the son of Mattathias, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Esli, the son of Nagai, the son of Math, the son of Mattathias, the son of Semen, the son of Josek, the son of Jodah, the son of Jonan, the son of Risa, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, the son of Adi, the son of Kosim, the son of Elamadam, the son of Ur, that's an easy one, the son of Joshua, the son of Eliezer, the son of Jorim, the son of Matat, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph, the son of Jonan, the son of Eliakim, the son of Miela, the son of Mena, the son of Matatha, the son of Nathan, the son of David, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Salah, the son of Nashon, the son of Aminadab, the son of Admin, the son of Arni, the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor, the son of Serug, the son of Ru, the son of Peleg, the son of Eber, the son of Shelah, the son of Canaan, the son of Ophaxad, the son of Shem, the son of Noah, the son of Lamech, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalel, the son of Canaan, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Amen. I've been practicing and I was practicing uh, out the back earlier as well. Very interesting, wonderful list of names there. The last name giving the root and the source of all the problems. The world has ever faced, never will face. The first name, the head and the fountainhead of that list, uh, the one who is the answer to all things. I suppose if the uh, sermon today had a sermon, it would be, who do you think you are? Before we get on to his uh, genealogical line, we have uh, his age. Jesus, when he began his ministry, was about 30 years of age, about 30. Uh, It's AD 26. We're looking at history and uh, Luke is um, very keen to focus you and I on dates and people and times and places, political uh, history, uh, religious history. It's around about 26 AD and the events of Jesus Christ divided time. It's uh, AD and BC. Uh, all because of him. 30 uh, is a, quite a common age in the Bible. Uh, Joseph becomes Pharaoh in Egypt at the age of 30. 
David becomes king. He's anointed king at the age of 30. Uh, priests took up the office of, of the, in the priesthood at the age of 30. Essentially, Jesus was a young man. It's very sobering to think he never became an old man. I remember my 30th birthday still. It's a long while ago, but I was thinking, and Jesus began his ministry at the age of 30. It was when I was 30 that uh, myself and Jill and the then two children left London, and I left a job uh, in London and came to the Heath Evangelical Church to work amongst the students and young people at the age of 30. But Jesus never became an old man. He dies at the age of 33. And when I reached my 33rd birthday, again, that was a very sobering time, thinking the Lord never lived beyond those 33 years. But what a life he lived. Jesus, when he began his ministry, was about 30 years of age. It's challenging for you and I to think, what are we doing with the life that God has given to us. Every one of us will answer before a holy God for the life that we have lived. If we've rejected Christ and resisted his grace, it's a day of judgment between heaven and hell. If we are believers and we've trusted in Christ, it's a day of assessment. How have we used the grace and the gifts that he has lavished upon us? Jesus lived well. Uh, he died that awesome, vicarious death, and he rose again from the dead. And now we come to his family line. Being the son, as it was supposed, of Joseph, the son of Heli, and then that list comes along. We have his genealogical line. There is this uh, television program, Who Do You Think You Are? And famous people are, are taken and uh, genealogists uh, look at their family line and they examine uh, people in their history. And there's good news and there's bad news. There are some real uh, horrors there and there are some real surprises uh, there. I remember watching two years ago and uh, perhaps you saw it yourself and you can still see it on, uh, on iPlayer. The, uh, the episode for Danny Dyer, uh, the actor from the East End of London. And he was amazed and actually very proud and pleased to find out he was a, a descendant of King Edward III and he's lived on that ever since. But Jesus Christ, no need to have people research his genealogy. The record is here. It's recorded in Luke's Gospel. It's recorded in Matthew's gospel. Uh, Luke is very careful. He was the son, so it was supposed, of Joseph. And then we get a family line. Just to deal with uh, one potential difficulty, if you do look at the genealogy recorded in Matthew and uh, compare it with what we have here in Luke, they don't exactly match. Uh, there are differences uh, substantially uh, between Abraham and David. From Abraham to David, they are the same. But from uh, David onwards, Luke and Matthew differ. 
Matthew actually starts with Abraham. He doesn't go before Abraham. Matthew is writing, inspired by the Holy Spirit, particularly with a Jewish audience uh, in mind. So he begins with Father Abraham, the father of the nation. He has a Jewish audience. But Luke, inspired by the Holy Spirit, you wonder why are there four Gospels? Well, there are different emphases in the Gospels. And it is Luke, in particular, who is the Gospel to the world. And uh, he goes right back, inspired by the Spirit, beyond Abraham, all the way back to Adam. You might wonder about the differences then between uh, from David onwards up to the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have some time this afternoon, you could get a commentary such as uh, Hendrickson on, uh, on Luke uh, or on Matthew and he will give you lots of detail and background. But to boil it down into its essence, this is likely to be uh, the root and the source of the differences. Matthew follows the line of Joseph, and Luke follows the line of Mary. Both Mary and Joseph go back through King David. And go all the way back to Abraham and obviously go all the way back to Adam uh, also. But I'll just leave it there. That is the likely source of the differences from David onwards. And again, Luke is very careful here that Jesus was the son as was supposed of Joseph. He was not the son of Joseph. Luke makes it abundantly clear, not the son of Joseph, son of Mary by the Holy Spirit. We could spend many weeks going through uh, a genealogy such as we have set here and picking out uh, different names and looking into the background there. But uh, what we're going to do is look at it uh, all in one and uh, do two things. We look at the, well, maybe three things, the highs and the lows in this genealogical record of the Lord Jesus Christ. We can begin with the laws and the, the very low point is of course Adam himself and uh, Adam and the fall and the source of all sin and the source of all problems in the world uh, is sin and sin began in the Garden of Eden in a place of perfection it's often said if we could get some sort of utopian setup, if we could bring children up in a perfect environment, then all would be well. Certainly not. Adam and Eve fell in a realm of utter purity and perfection. Uh, the devil comes along and tempts Adam and Eve, and the devil will use the same temptations today. God has got a downer on you. I've got something better to offer you. Uh, do you see that tree? Uh, if you took from its fruit, you would gain the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, God wants to keep you down. Uh, if you took the fruit, your eyes would be opened and you would be like gods. And like dupes, Eve falls for it and Adam falls for it. And God had warned them, if you take from this particular fruit, on that day, you will die. The devil comes with his blatant lies and he's lying still today. You will not surely die. God knows that if you take the fruit, your eyes 
will be opened. You will be like God. He wants to sell them what they have already. And so comes the fall. And it's the only explanation for life as we see it today throughout planet Earth. It's the only explanation of the nations as we see them. It's the only explanation for my poor heart. There is something fundamentally wrong. And it happened in the Garden of Eden and it has spread to all mankind. The word of God is very clear. Romans 5 and verse 12. Let me read you a few uh, sections here. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. When Adam sinned, I sinned. When Adam fell, I fell. Verse 17. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man. From the fall of Adam, death reigns. Verse 18. Therefore, as one trespass there in the Garden of Eden led to condemnation for all men. Adam was condemned and all his posterity, all the generations flowing from him. Original sin. Verse 19. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made Sinners, Adam, our federal head. We come to the very lowest of the low points in this record of the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. As I say, it's the only explanation for what I see in my own poor heart, my family, my neighbourhood, the, the nation of uh, these united, uh, this united kingdom, uh, Europe and, and the whole world. History, present and future, there has been a historical fall in the Garden of Eden. We all fell in Adam. That is the very low point. And in the genealogy flowing from there, we have the ups and downs, but there's nothing bright and shining here. Let's continue. Let's pick out one or two more uh, in verse 33 of Luke's gospel, uh, we have uh, Perez, the son of Judah. Perez, the son of Judah. If you read Genesis chapter 38, you'll see exactly how it is that Judah ends up with a son called Perez. It's by a relationship. Judah now, we're thinking of Judah and uh, you imagine Judah, here he is, uh, a son of Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah. And from the tribe of Judah comes the Lord Jesus Christ. But Judah has a son called Perez. He thinks it's by a relationship with one he thought was a prostitute. But it turns out actually that the one he thought was a prostitute was his own daughter-in-law. And this is... Perez, the results of a relationship by Judah with a prostitute that turned out to be his own daughter-in-law. I tell you, 
in this record, there are messy lives. There are messy lives. Messy family situations. And sin has caused it. It goes all the way back to Adam and sin in the heart of men and women and children and young people. But here's one who might be held up. uh, Judah. And uh, he goes to visit one who he thinks is a prostitute. It turns out to be his own daughter-in-law. And from that relationship comes Perez. And down that family line comes the Lord of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ. Messy lives in the Bible. Jesus came because lives are messy. Jesus came because families are messy. And when we who are saved and the Lord's people, we still live messy lives and we live among people who have messy lives and the church ought to contain people and draw people in who have messy lives because it's only the gospel that can transform them. Lives were messy then in the Old Testament. Lives were messy in the line of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lives are messy now in the east of Cardiff and lives will continue to be messy But in this messy situation, God seeing, God knowing, and God overruling a messy, desperate situation. I tell you this, I say it to my own heart and to yours, never, ever despair of a family situation. Family in your neighbourhood, a family that you are involved with, maybe your own family as well. A messy situation has arisen. This is nothing new. It doesn't catch God by surprise. God is able to overrule. Never try to second guess God and what he is able to do. Because this messy situation leads to the Lord of glory himself, Jesus Christ. Romans 8 and verse 28. All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are the called according to his purpose. Romans 5 and verse 20. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. Messy lives. Low points. Adam, Perez. Let's think of, uh, here's another section Uh, kindnesses, God's grace overflowing. And the Jews ought to have seen this. The Jews became proud and and arrogant. Oh, he is our God. But he was always the God of the nations, always to be a God of the world, for God so loved the world. And the Jews were meant to be a light to the nations. And we can see in the line of the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to the Gentiles, And Gentiles being brought in, grafted into the family line of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, uh, we have in verse 32, uh, Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Salah. Matthew's Gospel, Boaz is the son of Salmon. But the interesting thing is that uh, Salmon... The son of Boaz is also the son, his mother was Rahab. And Rahab 
is a very interesting character. By the grace of God, God engrafts into the family line of the Lord Jesus Christ, Rahab, who is not only a Gentile living in the city of Jericho, a Canaanite, a Canaanite. God brings in a Canaanite, a Canaanite woman to be in that family line. And her occupation isn't a very noble one. It's a very ancient one, but it's not a very noble one. She is Rahab, uh, the harlot she's known as in the scriptures. She is a prostitute. Now, this is a family service. She made her living in the city of Jericho, selling her body. And it seems she made a very good living from it. Uh, If you read the book of Joshua, it's very plain where she lived. She had a very desirable property. She had a wonderful apartment with a rooftop in the very walls of the city of Jericho. Now, that was the place to live, right on the outskirts, windows looking out towards the hills. What a vista she had, yet convenient for the city. But can you imagine the estate agents and how they were marking such a property? Well, it was owned by Rahab the harlot, and her income came from selling her own body. But God, in his grace, never despair of anybody. As Christian people, we must never look down our noses at anybody. Who knows who you're looking at? And certainly there, but for the grace of God, go I. But what trophies of grace they could be under the hand of Almighty God. And what a trophy of grace was uh, Rahab the harlot of Jericho. For when the spies came in, they made their way to her house. And the neighbors would have thought, oh, yeah, oh, yes. oh yes, two more men going in. But God had worked on her heart. And she hid the spies and the soldiers came. Where are the men? Oh, they've gone if you're quick. And there could be a big debate now. Should she have told a, a porky pie there? Should she have lied? Oh, they're upstairs on the roof. Oh, well, would you have said that? If you would, remind me, when persecution comes, I don't want to be in your house hiding. No, they've gone. If you're quick, you'll be able to catch them. And then when they're gone and she lets them out and they escape, but before the men go, please remember, listen to this now, please remember me. Your God has given you this land. We're all in fear of you and your God, but remember me and my family. Now, here she is, a prostitute, a harlot, and she's been changed by the grace of God, and uh, she's praying for herself. She's praying for her family. Have you been saved? Are your family yet saved? Are you praying for your family? Oh, God, have mercy on my family. Not just me, Lord. Thank you for saving me, but save my family too. Oh, she prays for her family. And when the walls fall down, that section of wall was preserved. It must have been quite something. And uh, Joshua says, go and uh, bring out uh, the one you made the promise to, the two the, the spies, and they bring her out, and her family, and they settle amongst the people of God. And uh, Rahab marries Boaz, and uh, there's the family line. How wonderful, how marvellous, how gracious of almighty God. I'm missing one or two out now. Let's, let's, let's move on. Grace abounding. 
Gentiles grafted in. My friends, there are no hopeless cases out there. No hopeless cases. Here's a woman. She's a Canaanite. She's got no access to the Bible uh, or the scriptures. And she's got no Christian friends. And uh, she's uh, a woman of ill repute. But she's made a living out of it. And God invades her heart. There's hope for everyone. His blood can make the foulest clean. And you and I can say his blood availed for me, Jesus. There's some of the low points. There's some of the gracious inclusion of Gentiles. Let's look at some of the high points. And the high points, let's not get too excited. But there is Noah. He's in the line here. And Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, One Noah, one who stood against a flood of sin. You read the name Noah, there could be weeks of studies on on Noah, but we're giving a brief sweep of the picture of the genealogy of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he's one, the only one, who found grace in the eyes of the Lord and stood against not only the floodwaters, but the floodwaters only came because of the flood of sin. And Noah stood against the flood of sin. For year after year, he and his little family were the only faithful family on earth. And it's only of Noah that it is said he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And so he was rescued, ate in the ark. David, he's in the line. Of course he's in the line. It's said of King David that he is a man after God's own heart. What a glorious thing to say about anyone would it be said of you and me he is a man after God's own heart Abraham of course he is here Abraham known as the friend of God a father of the faith Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness how do you get right with God you believe what God says you believe the gospel You trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. You obey God in that. Repent and believe. And righteousness is credited to you. It's not your works. It's not your church attendance. Not your own reformation of your life. It's Jesus Christ who saves. Trust in him. Have faith in him. These people, Noah, David, Abraham, such highlights and yet, and yet... We can't hold them up and uh, load them. There's drunkenness in the life of Noah. There's lying in the life of Abraham and a lack of trust in the man who had faith in God. A lack of trust and worried about what the king would do to him. Oh, just say you're my sister, which was a half-truth. But she's the wife of Abraham, is Sarai. She's also his half-sister. And then in the case of David, there's uh, adultery and he's complicit in the murder of Uriah the Hittite. Even in the highlights, there's such a mess. And so we must look to Jesus, great David's greater son. And here's the thing to learn. Taking these great saints, it's good to look at uh, The example when they, I mean, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Noah, there are some highlights there. We we give thanks to God for that and follow him in the good things that he did to believe in a day of darkness. 
and David to have that heart for God. And like Abraham, to believe God despite the evidence of our eyes and the world around and about us. But however good a saint may be, he remains a sinner this side of glory. He remains a sinner this side of glory. And we can never hold up any individual as one who we would follow apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. I was thinking recently, um, in the 40-odd years I've been a believer, there are two pieces of advice that came to me that have sort of shaped my life. And the first, as you know, was at the very night I was converted. Someone said every day, make sure you'd read your Bible and say your prayers. I don't know, I can't remember the guy's name, can't remember his face, but I'm thankful to God for what he said there. And the second thing came from a man who died many, many hundreds of years ago in the early church, a man called Ignatius. So I've never met him, but it's recorded of him that he said this. And by these two things, I will want to build my life. Every day, read your Bible, say your prayers. But then this second thing from Ignatius let none but Christ dazzle you. Let none but Jesus dazzle you. And then I'm reading my Bible and saying my prayers. I want to meet with him. When I'm listening to a sermon, it's got to be about him. I know lots of folks spend their time trawling the internet. They're on YouTube or Instagram and they find their heroes and people they are, I'm going to follow such and such and follow such and such. And they'll spend time on Instagram and on YouTube following such and such. And a little ping will go, such and such has put up another uh, thing to, uh, to air their thoughts on this particular area of doctrine or Christian life. My friends, it's not wrong to do that. But Jesus must be the focus. And I test all who I might follow, books that I might read. I, I have my heroes in, in, in books. I mean, I, I love reading John Owen, but is John Owen the one I'm always talking about? I hope not. I put down anybody on YouTube or Instagram or any book author who does not lead me, first of all, powerfully to Jesus Christ. It's all I want to know. It's all I want to know because it's all about him. So no more heroes apart from Jesus Christ. Let him be your only hero. But let's conclude now. Because we began with Adam, the source of all the troubles. Let's finish with the name that heads the list. Jesus, let's thank God for the name of Jesus. Jesus, the name high over all in hell or earth or sky. Angels and men before it fall and devils fear and Fly. Jesus, the name to sinners given. He's our only hope. We thank God for Jesus Christ. He is the fountainhead of every blessing. He is the promised child. He's the one promised at the point of the fall. Genesis 3, 15. The seed of the woman will come and crush Satan's head. Jesus Christ, the snake crusher. Jesus is the Christ. That's his title, the promised one. He's the redeemer. He's the one who comes to clean up and to clear up messy lives, all the mess. And he lived a perfect life. 
There's no demerit on him at all. He is the son, so supposed, of Joseph, but he's not. He's the son of Mary. He's fully man. But he's the son of God by the Holy Spirit. He's the God-man, Jesus Christ. The link with sin is broken. He's come to do helpless sinners good. He lives a perfect life for you. He dies the death. All the mess is poured out on him and he pays the penalty in full. He rose again from the dead. My friends, if you're not yet saved, embrace him. It's not church attendance. It's not Bible reading. It's not prayers. It's not your own self-effort. It's Jesus. So go to him and embrace him. He is the fountain of all our hope and all our joy. And if you have embraced him already, don't loosen that embrace. Keep on embracing him. Jesus, lover of my soul, let me to thy bosom fly. While the nearer waters roll, while the tempest still is high. Thou, O Christ, art all I want, more than all in thee I find. Prentice grace with thee is found, grace to cover all my sins. Stay close to him. Jesus doesn't need anyone to examine his genealogy. It's here written in the record. All the way back to Adam, he comes to put right what went so wrong. He is the final Adam, the last Adam, the Lord Jesus Christ who came to take away the sin of the world. Question is, who do you think you are? Uh, if you went on the programme and they discovered that uh, there was some king in your history, would you be pleased and proud? Well, as Christians, uh, we can say that in our line, our family line, I can say by the grace of God that the King of Kings is my direct descendant. He is my Father who is in heaven. Jesus Christ is my elder brother. The Holy Spirit dwells in me. I am a child of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I belong to the eternal royal family and to God be the glory forever and ever. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this brief time in your word. We pray, Lord, you'd help us to examine our hearts. Are we in Christ? Have we been to Jesus for the cleansing flood? Are we washed in the blood of the Lamb? We pray, Lord, you'd help us with our messy lives. Help us to keep on looking to our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ.